0: hello and welcome to another episode of speed mentorship my name is matt mackler your host well thanks for joining us on another episode here on speed mentorship a podcast where it's all about leadership and all about trying to improve and uh, get just a little bit better for the people um, that we serve okay Um, One of my favorite things on this podcast is interviewing leaders that have really, really tough and challenging roles, um, which is what makes it fun and to really understand how their mind works and to be able to peer into um, that a little bit. Well, Dr. Somerville is no exception here, and she has a lot of things that she needs to juggle very well to be good in the position that she is in. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Dr. Somerville and uh, am super excited to dive into today's episode. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Really excited for today's guest. Dr. Uh, Dion Somerville, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for the invitation.
0: Okay, so for uh, today, we got got a lot of great questions. First question I have for you is just um, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, a little bit about your background
1: absolutely well i am native to the greater region and so i'm a native detroiter grew up um, in the city of detroit Um, first generation college student and my first um, opportunity to go away to school was at ohio northern where i completed my undergrad loved my experience as a student um, and really fell in love with the um, opportunity to help impact other people's lives in a very positive way. Yeah. And so I went, I was incredibly involved as a student, went to Bowling Green for my graduate degree in college student personnel, um, and even had an assistantship down at the University of Findlay. and so lots of connections to the area. Um, after that, um, uh, I got married. My husband and I moved to Greater Cleveland, um, where we lived for about a dozen years or so, had lots of opportunities. Um, at different institutions of higher education earned my doctorate over at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia um, and then have been in, at other institutions since in Iowa, Pennsylvania and back in Ohio. Yeah.
0: Very impressive.
1: Well, thank you. Very, thank yeah, you. Yeah,
0: very extensive. That's that's incredible. So, what is some, you know, what does somebody, you know, at your level at your position do on a day-to-day basis, you know? What is that, you know, what are some of the things that you specifically do?
1: Some of everything. Yeah. There's a lot of outreach. There's a mm-hmm. lot of partnership building, relationship building. Um, one of the things that people realize very quickly coming into roles like this, actually realize it prior to, mm-hmm. is that you are, for better or worse, the embodiment of the institution. Mm-hmm. You know, and
0: so... You are Owens right here. <laughs> I am the face of Owens. <laughs> yeah. And
1: so, you know, while we like to, I like to believe that the, it's our students, it's our faculty and staff. Mm-hmm. Whenever you go anywhere, you represent the institution. And so, really trying to build those partnerships, um, get those positive messages through. There's also a lot of work internally at the institution, um, and especially with me being in my first year. You know, looking at the organizational structure, do we have the right structure for success? Making sure that people have the resources that they need to be successful. Looking at our employee base, looking at trends that are impacting us externally and how do we prepare to meet those challenges, be it, you know, with workforce development or our own employees even. And so that's a big part of what we do along with the leadership, the day-to-day, the visioning, all of that is kind of all combined into one.
0: Man, so you're wearing all kinds of hats, huh? I
1: have a closet <laughs> full of hats. Yeah, no, that's,
0: that's good. So, yeah, I'd like to hear your definition of what a successful company or a successful organization is
1: one that achieves its mission. I think that, you know, as an organization, whether you're making widgets or educating human beings, or if you're, you know, whatever the organization yeah. is. If you are truly achieving your mission and what it, what, what you're meant to do, yeah, um, then then that is success.
0: And that is success. And Owen's mission is what's uh, what's Owen's. I know Owen's got a lot of different stuff going on, but what is Owen's mission that you know we're trying to accomplish?
1: We're trying to be the institution of choice for students mm-hmm. um, to help businesses and industries, yeah. uh, economic development. Um, and that, that's our goal. We, yeah. we achieve all that through educating and training students.
0: Yeah. So why does education matter at the end of the day?
1: Education matters, period. Yeah. Um, and for, I think people, and I think this economy has skewed the understanding a little bit, but people have better lives overall mm-hmm. if they seek education beyond the 12th grade. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be a doctorate, a master's, a bachelor's degree. It doesn't have to be an associate's degree. But if they do something, um, a certificate, a short-term training, they have better outcomes. First of all, their lifetime earnings will be greater. Mm. And that is consistent. And there's been a lot of um, criticism of higher education because there are some institutions that have very high cost. Yeah. And some of the majors that those institutions produce, mm-hmm. excuse me, may or may not earn, um, you know, um, a great wage, a great yeah. living. But that isn't all of higher education, and some of it does have to do with personal choice. And so, you have a greater lifelong learning potential, and that goes up. That does go up with every um, degree or certification Absolutely. that you have. But also, it's something that has been proven over decades, decades and decades and decades. Economists always agree that this is this is a truism, and it's based mm-hmm. on census data. The other thing is that you have other um, better life outcomes. Mm-hmm. You have better health. Um, you are less likely to be involved in crime. I mean, there's all these other things yeah. that allow you to have a stable life yeah. that come from you getting some sort of education Mm -hmm. and so it matters because it goes beyond just your um you know your skill or your trade um it has to do with you expose yourself to different people it's good for different people to talk to one another yeah doesn't mean that you're always going to agree on everything totally actually it would be boring if we all agreed (laughs) on everything all the time but it provides different perspectives, different life circumstances, allows you to look at things from different ways. Totally, and that's that's very helpful because not everyone has the same experience.
0: Yeah, you
1: know, we can we can be you know have similar interests, things of that nature, but we'll always see things differently, and so that then helps you oops, as an individual. Yeah, it helps in your um, personal relationships. It helps in your work relationships. Mm. You know, and we talk about universal skills or soft skills as they used to be called. And it's important for people in the workplace to be able to communicate,
0: oh my to
1: be able to have empathy, yeah. to be able to um, synthesize and analyze information, mm-hmm. to be able to think critically, beyond you know beyond just what you're doing, but what are some solutions and yeah. how you can do things better. And there are there's strong research over the years that shows how education helps improve those outcomes it doesn't mean that you can't do any of these things if you didn't go to school beyond 12th grade. But it means that when you do, mm. there's a greater likelihood that you'd have those skills yeah. and then you're more valuable as an employee.
0: Very powerful. Very it's, powerful.
1: It's incredibly powerful. And it's even, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, inclusion and wanting everyone to be able to go to school. What One of the biggest predictors of any student's educational attainment mm-hmm. Is their mother's level of educational attainment?
0: Oh, interesting. Isn't that interesting? I didn't, I didn't know it was mo- mother over the father. Mother. Really?
1: And so, and I don't know the roots of where that comes from or whatever, you know, or why. Yeah. But that's one of the things that research has borne out. Yeah. And so, even if, you know, even if you are like, okay, I'm getting by, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I may be working two jobs and, you know, whatever, and I'm providing for my family you're able to do something even more for your children
0: yeah. if
1: you go to school. And mm-hmm. for many of us, you know, at, at some point when you have children, it's like you could do almost anything to me, but don't hurt my children. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> yeah. And so when Absolutely. you think about it
1: from that perspective, then it's even that much more powerful, yeah. um, you know, the cause for education and for women in education.
0: Incredible. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, f- from an organization standpoint, what are some of the biggest challenges either you personally, uh, you know, have faced, or or maybe the current organization that you're with now has faced? And then, how did you how did you overcome some of those challenges?
1: The biggest challenge of any organization, I think, is culture. Mm-hmm. Um, when when all else fails, every initiative, every structure, whatever it is, culture is the defining fact. Mm. Factor or whatever it is you would want to call it, in how your or or how your organization moves forward, and being able to help shift and change the culture, Mm -hmm. I think is always always the biggest challenge. Um, You know, when you come into any organization or as you're leaving any organization, you often I often reflect on okay, what am I getting into? And mm-hmm. am I leaving the place better than I found it? Yeah. And I think kind of that ethic of care sometimes is important. Being student centered yeah. is important. Um, taking initiative is important. All of the things that are hard to measure,
0: yeah, are um, are so valuable. <laughs>
1: they're incredibly valuable. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where. You know, as as any supervisor, Mm -hmm. regardless of if you're the leader of the organization or anywhere along the way, you're not going to know what any employee is doing every given minute of their day. You're not. Yeah. And so that's where culture and Mm -hmm. knowing that, okay, someone's lost, how do they take that student by the arm and help them create a path Mm -hmm. to the future that they want Mm a visitor is on campus and doesn't know where they're going and so taking the extra step to say you know what i'm walking over here how about i walk with you Mm -hmm. rather than saying oh well bring up the map on your smartphone and i'll see you later you know those extra touches yeah. It determined how someone feels about the institution.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. You
1: know, we're about changing hearts and minds. Yeah. And it's hard to measure either. Yes. but it's really hard to measure the heart
0: oh for sure and so if
1: someone has a good feeling and a good impression mm-hmm. then they're more likely to feel good about their connection there so
0: let's say you walk into a bad culture you know uh, uh and and you know you you're there you're the leader you gotta you know you're the change agent but you walk into a culture that's that's bad that's corrupt that doesn't have the right stuff going on how do you go about um changing that or probably a better example is you walk into a, a decent culture, one that's decent, but how do you take it to the next level? And what are some of those things? Cause you're right, it is very kind of ethereal and it's not very concrete and mm-hmm. it's difficult to measure some of those things, but how do you do that? How do you make sure that you are improving the culture and, and like you said, leaving it in a better place than when, mm-hmm. when you started?
1: I think that it's a multi-pronged approach. I think first of all, you have to identify the individuals who embody the kind of culture that we believe you need to aspire to Mm -hmm. and put them in positions to where, and positions be structurally or opportunities, right? It could be a committee, it could be, um, you know, giving them a special project or initiative, or it could be a promotion. I mean, it depends on the organization, their role, their back, I mean, lots of things. But I think it's, one of the first things is finding those individuals and putting them in a place where they can shine. Mm-hmm. Where there are... It, it becomes evident to the rest of the organization that, okay, this is what we're going for. Yeah. And they may not necessarily um, uh, say it in those words mm-hmm. or even understand that that's what has happened, but they see it in a in almost a subconscious way. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to address if there's individuals who are cancerous to the organization yeah and so if there's someone who is consistently curmudgeonly or you know not well, it's one thing to not take initiative mm-hmm. it's another to drag others with you yeah and so identifying and addressing those in whatever way you need to
0: which takes a lot of I think um uh takes a lot of leadership and courage to do that because a lot of, uh, you know, you see, I'm sure, you know, we've seen it all the time where there's an issue and just somebody's not willing to have that difficult conversation mm-hmm. with that individual. So I, I do think it takes a lot of courage to say, Hey, this, there's not a fit going on here. We need to make a change.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and allow that person. I mean, a lot of times people don't even realize how they're coming off to others Yeah. or the impact that they have with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, or that, you know, there's there's certain people we've we've all had this experience who just suck the life out of a room. Yeah. And so how do you help that person identify that, okay, this is what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) And there's all the times that you've done this. Yeah. Help me understand this. And so there's, you know, those opportunities when you look at people, there's also that mission and vision and strategic visioning that happens where you're able to get the entire organization around all right, who is it that we aspire to be? Mm-hmm. What is it that we aspire to be? What yeah. are our goals? And what's the role that all of us have? And so yeah. I think that's another way to address that culture mm-hmm. because that visioning is, it, it, it speaks to your um, aspirational level, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we're all aspiring a certain way, that involves cultural shifts potentially. Um, it's also helping empower people to, um, to kind of sometimes we do get kind of bogged down into what is our Mm day-to-day and our organization and not looking around and Mm -hmm. so how is it that we can take a look around yeah and that could be field trips that could be looking at best practices that could be sending people to conferences that could be inviting speakers in there's all of those things that go into helping people understand okay wow there's something different that doesn't mean we're bad, yeah. but it means there are certain elements that we might want to borrow yeah. um, or aspire to from from other institutions. And so, good. I think all of those come together. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there are large projects. Um, you know, years ago I was at an institution and we needed to change our our, our um, computer platform, our ERP mm-hmm. system. And what the leadership of the institution wanted to do was use that as a lever. To modernize some of our practices. You know, we were very last century Mm -hmm. when it came to some of the things we did, but because of some of the longevity in the organization, there was this, you know, we're holding on Mm -hmm. to this process that we've had since 1982, right? And so, you know, that was an opportunity to kind of force some of that change. Mm -hmm. Um, And quite honestly, there were some people who were like, yeah, it's about time we did this, and some who were like, What's wrong with my carbon paper? Yeah, exactly. And so you know, it kind of takes a little of everything, but sometimes there's yep. initiatives that, that uh-huh. can happen to to help create that that culture change. That's
0: that's good. That's good. What do you you know for individual people for young leaders of today? You know, what what are some of the the biggest pitfalls that you see um, that they that they experience, and how, you know, what kind of advice do you have for young leaders that are trying to make it today? who might just be stumbling in, in a few different areas.
1: I think believe in yourself has to be one of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Being reflective is another,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: paying attention to communication. Yeah. What I've noticed most in multi-generational workplaces is that sometimes people actually believe the same thing, but they don't know it mm-hmm. because how they're communicating it or not communicating it is falling on deaf ears, mm-hmm. or is somehow ineffective? Sure. Um, and so I think that communication piece is hugely important. Mm-hmm. And how is it that you can, you know, help bring people along? One of the things that I've noticed most about younger people in the workplace, you know, it, it, we all pay too much attention to the Gen X and the Gen Z and Millennials and all these other mm-hmm. things but one of the things that i've noticed is that there's something that each generation has to teach other generations mm-hmm. and younger people in the workforce value more of a i don't like the term work life balance mm-hmm. but it's the best one i got this morning
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: <laughs> but they balance that they 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 value that You know. Absolutely. 100%. They're not going to work until, you know, the cows come home because they have other things that they want to do. Yep. And accomplish in their day. And they value that personal aspect of their lives. flexibility
0: to do the stuff that they want to do. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And I think some of the older generations see that as skewed thinking. Yeah. But look look at what has happened to many you know Uh it's like they're they're working until they're stressed and have gastrointestinal issues and heart attacks and things of that nature And they see that and they're like that's not the life i want sure
0: yeah a few more questions here for you um uh First one is the top, you know, what does a top performer look like uh, at, at your organization? How do you measure them? How, how do you recognize them? And then how do you try to produce more of these top performers?
1: That's a great question because that's something we're currently grappling with. Um, and so for me, it's someone who takes initiative, who's student-centered, who yeah. believes in our mission. Um, we are just launching a new um, performance evaluation system. Yeah. Um, And so um, to really look at things merit-based and from a qualitative and quantitative perspective.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: And so part of it would have to be setting goals for, for the employee mutually set goals, and them achieving them and making sure that they are realistic, that they help move the institution forward, yeah. things of that nature, and then the reward for it is in a, a yeah. merit-based compensation system.
0: What about uh, character traits for your top performers? Are there mm-hmm. specific things? And you mentioned a few of them already, like you know, go-getters and you know, um, they you know, they're taking action, things like that. But are there other? characteristics um, that just do really well in your organization that Mm -hmm. you want to try and replicate and find more of those?
1: I think it depends on their job.
0: Yeah. And so if
1: you're someone who's in a direct student facing role, Mm -hmm. like you're a faculty member or you're in student financial services and even then different parts of student financial services, if you're an advisor, a coach, a coach. You have to enjoy people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you have to want to help them. You have to sure. want to talk to them. Whereas there's other roles that aren't as student-facing that we have different stress that, that are required that are yeah. either more data-driven or more analytical um, or technolo- technological in nature. And so I think that it, you know, the skill set depends on what the role is. Yeah. What I love, um, we had a um, employee appreciation celebration where people were getting awards who had been here, you know, 20 years, 25 years. There's people in every walk of our organization who talk about wanting to be here because they love the students. Mm-hmm. And so you look at people who are on our grounds crew, that's not necessarily someone who you would think of as student facing, yeah. but to have someone on the grounds crew mm-hmm. or in maintenance or something like that say, I love being here because I love our students. Yeah that's meaningful Mm -hmm. Um, and that speaks to their character as well as to the character of the organization.
0: Very solid. Okay. So final question um, is, you know, about the next generation. Um, What kind of advice do you have for the next generation, whether it be students or people just, you know, coming into the workforce? What's your, Mm -hmm. you know, what's your advice for them?
1: Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. I mean, there's, there, people can have self-doubt You can have other people who doubt you. You could feel like you're passed over for opportunities. You could believe that you were dealt a bad hand from the very beginning. Whatever it is, there's something in you that you want to do, that you need to do. Whatever it is, believe in yourself Mm. because that's where it all starts. Um, Yes, no one achieves anything alone yeah there's multiple people seen and unseen who help us along our way yeah but if you can't take that first step if yeah. you don't believe then there will always be you know that 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 doubt
0: there that's good yeah I've heard this quote that says you belong in in any room you walk into mm-hmm. I actually saw it at a leadership summit I went to and I was just like, wow, like that's like profound. Any room you walk into, mm-hmm. I think the guy was making a joke like even the bathroom, but no, he's, he's, like, he's like, no. any room you walk into, you're a lot more capable than what you think you are. Absolutely. So, absolutely.
1: No. I have a colleague of mine who has been a really good mentor over the years. And uh, one of the things she says is own it. Yeah. Own it. You know, it's the same concept yeah. as you belong in any room, but yeah, own it. That's
0: good. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Deanna. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been
1: my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, hopefully you guys found value in today's episode. I know I did. And um, it was for something more than what I was originally thinking, um, but just how important education really is. And of course, you know, we all know education is important, but I guess the thing that really resonated with me is... um, how important education is for the next generation and how they're going to look to their parents um, to really be role models for what kind of educational level they are going to achieve in the future. And so the responsibility that we have to make sure that we are stewarding that well for them, I just thought that was really interesting, really fascinating. Uh, If you guys found value in today's episode, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. And as always, thank you so much for being a part of our leadership community. Look forward to seeing you on the next one.